Chapter 5. Love of Self. Oh my gosh, this is probably the one we all have such the great challenge with. Here we go. I remember a man I knew quite well, one I had worked and journeyed with. I could tell from his voice on the phone that he was suicidal. I stopped at an airport en route home to go to him. He never said as much. We actually said very little. I simply walked with him over the next three days until Earth called him back. Last night, I dreamed with Charles, Charles Eisenstein. I don't say I dreamed of him, as I most often find in such times there is a co-arising. I get in touch afterward and often find that there are some parallel tracks in the sand. In the dream, he was at the center of a large gathering, kind of what I imagined was a mixture of Burning Man, Bioneers, and a stage in the new world and new story of New Zealand. There was quite an entourage around him, and the first day had gone well, ending with a kind of love dance atmosphere at his place. Now, people had come and paid for two days to be with Charles. However, he was off on another track in his heart-mind. And he was sending them off as well to find and make their own music, festival, or dance gathering. Many were not pleased at such an idea, and chaotic energies were in the air. Some love-hate darts were flying in Charles's direction. I found myself explaining to him a bit what was happening in the field, because he was rattled just a bit, but just enough to catch my attention and elicit my love. Though he was staying with a number of men, actually, and there were many that loved Charles in a variety of ways around, I chose to step in. Now, I filled him and myself, it seemed, with a love hard to describe. As best I can liken it to is a kind that I had with and for John Denver. It was not mine to manifest, to hold, to do anything with, but to be, to offer, to simply have flow through. Over the next bit of time, how long or short was not to be measured, I walked with Charles until he knew it was time to go. We walked to the airplane, waiting on a private field. I now remember the time I walked to the plane, sharing such a feeling with Peter Shenstone. I was there to protect, to support, to hold, to let go, to simply know and share this love. I said I love you aloud to Charles, and he to me, and it was enough. Nothing to change, to do, to know, to say more. These are not love stories to be boxed or to be categorized or named even. I woke from a dream feeling the power and beauty of such, fleeting yet real 
thinking of Amici, who hugs so many people. This is a kind of love of others and of self, of doing, perhaps being needed at times, for something or someone in order that they may continue. It is something I am blessed to be able to offer. Today I walk with water, with people who come and those I meet, sharing a hand, a hug, silence, or whatever stories that arise. I am a walker in some ways for any who may need such, and clearly for those I need and know who are bringing wisdom, heart, and truth into this world. Whether it be a Peter Shenstone, John Denver, Charles Eisenstein, Joan Halifax, Meredith Little, Orland Bishop, I could go on and name so many more. And so too, I am blessed to have a few who walk with me, whose trust, love, and support is non-negotiable, undeniable, immeasurable. It arrives in a hug with Wynne, in other ways, words, prayers, and actions with Roger, with Christina. With a few others, it comes in ceremony. When the death rattle comes, the cellular chaos, the disconnection, despair, and darkness begin to overtake, I can ask for a walk. I can receive, I can remember. The cellular alignment between our bodies somehow makes a third presence, and I too am called back to this earth, to this water planet, to the divine consciousness of simply being here. I walk and swim, I dream and pray, I open and wonder in surprise when that tsunami love arrives. At that moment, I can know I can experience love of self, not separate from love of others. It sounds glorious, perhaps, but just to say, mostly, I simply walk to listen to the earth's sea calling, reminding me where to be and who I am. At the start of this storybook, I was a daughter, sister, friend, a competitor, a restless younger searching for more than what my home as I knew it offered. I longed to go beyond boundaries of race, class, culture, place. I courted the wild in my choices, my partners, my livelihoods. I tended the wounds in myself, in others, on our earth. Working, I truthfully kitted, for and with distressed people, projects, and places. I was privileged to be able to leave a career trajectory, to not need to become anything or anyone. I was often anxious, lonely, and seemingly consumed by the dis-ease I experienced inside and around me. And yet, the water called me. The dolphins lured me to stay in it for hours, to keep swimming. 
The beauty in this nature world and in people's souls kept me alive, connected, and on a path in search of wholeness. I can't tell you how many maps of wholeness I have made to orient myself, to simply find the next step, or how many bios I have written, perhaps just to confirm for myself who I was at that time, or perhaps just enough experience described so a school would hire me, an NGO would let me in. A corporation might sponsor our work. A younger would join our ceremony. A political leader even would listen. A neighbor would welcome. A resume that was ever-changing for an adapting as well as a migratory species. I feel no pride or a great sense of accomplishment, yet I am at home in that I have simply lived the truth of my life as fully as I can. And with that, I have few, if any, wants other than to support others to do such as well. As Ram Dass, I have heard said shortly before his death, quote, we are all here walking each other home. Thank you for walking with me and the times now present, past, or future when I have been able to walk with you. So, do I love myself? Well, I say yes, I guess, in as much as I am able to love you. Older guide, sometimes mentor, nudge, steward of place, at home in the movement, in change in the becoming. I clean the closet, sweep the floor, and as Krishnamurti says, leave the window open for what is next, for what is to come. The great turning caught my attention, and then, well, I named the last years the quickening, the big stretch, and now the mystery. I write this for you, whoever is listening, and I write this for me. And together, a touch of we perhaps arises. That is the place I want to be. I have no great wisdom to impart, no greater than has been available for centuries and keeps us coming around again and again. Perhaps a spiral evolution, maybe not. I know I will not keep up, even if I try, with the new language, technologies, discoveries in our universe. I find comfort in knowing I need not travel further than this one heart, body, mind, and spirit is here to do. At heart, I rest in the current, in my current self-identity as a community activist, well, perhaps a travel agent, supporting us and those who inquire in finding out where we need to go and figuring out, mostly through listening, the best way to get there. Quote from Tyson Yankaporta. Forgive me if I mispronounce such a beautiful name. 
If you want to take control of your life or work towards some kind of sustainable change in the world, you need to harness the power of story. Unquote. There is so much knowledge in this world, so much history, I cannot begin to take it in and respect truths, so many temples, Stonehenges, sacred places, drawings, symbols, songs, rituals. I cannot begin to or ever will understand the threads, though I feel them daily. The gift of that is the true humility I feel. And along with that, a slowness to be the catalyst for any change to dig too deeply into any land or even to build a new building, much less community, without some kind of circle of law. Three times around, I was taught, around the wheel of life, or at least my map of wholeness, before deciding to make such changes. And then, just when I think I know the right thing to do, Turn it all upside down with a no and ask one more time. Turn Around. Turn Around is the name of a storybook I have dreamed of writing for years, gathering the stories of people I know and some I don't, such as Rick O'Berry, who for many years was a dolphin trainer. He performed with all of those flippers in a TV series so popular in my youth. It was just that there was not one flipper, as it appeared in the show, but many, too many for Rick, that died in captivity early on, that died in his arms. He woke up one day, literally and metaphorically, or metaphysically, and committed his life to release as many dolphins in captivity as he could back to the wild. And then there is Jeff Dalglish, who worked for Toyota, driving cars across the outback, across the desert, even all the way to the Arctic, a test driver, a journalist for those ATVs of every size and shape, promoting the adventure when riding or behind the wheel. And then he arrived at the Findhorn Foundation in Scotland, only to realize what he truly loved in this world was nature, people, and place. The use of fossil fuels for entertainment was at the top of any list causing destruction, and he realized he was complicit. It didn't take long for him to put on a t-shirt with Earth Pilgrim on its front, and from then on, walk almost everywhere he wanted to go. 10,000 miles later, in his 60s, he still walks. And sometimes he accepts rides. A true pilgrim for Earth's connection and care. These are but two of many turnaround stories. No need to wait another lifetime to set things right, or as right as they can be. As I live into my 70s, I think of the good intentions guiding at least some who put up those dams. Now, 
living long enough to be part of bringing them down. It is a challenge to be in the lineage of what permaculturists call class one errors, i.e. once we break natural law, once we put ourselves above land and water, we are headed down the road of death. I do not imagine mine or your ancestors were all filled with greed or evil only. I do sense many then and today are simply not connected, not at home, do not feel a part of, and thereby they, we, misguided at best. That said, what most any of us often are doing is putting band-aids on a wound so old, so deep, so pervasive that no new technology can or will touch it. Quote, Santoc, Yankaporta. Considering that the catastrophe we are experiencing may take decades or even centuries to play out, then another century for us to recover after that, it may be advisable to get ahead of the game and begin creating cultures and societies of transition to lessen the impact of this calamity on our communities and potentially avoid post-apocalyptic stress altogether. End quote. Yes, I agree. So very confirming to read these words and to hear such. Though I read so little to have this book, Sand Talk, come into my hands just before crossing the threshold into the high desert in your mountains here, seems no mistake. Another thread. Reading of one who is gathering the best of the old stories as he walks into the new. And I am grateful to walk with him from a distance. Quote, Rather than fighting brand wars to make this doomed globalizing system feel more fair and inclusive, we might instead develop some new systems of transition. Sand talk again. My response? Watering holes. Amen. Another piece in the kaleidoscope, giving a small shot of energy to my system. There is a touch of excitement, a spark to keep the fire burning when such a reading, a confirmation, a congruence is felt with another, a bridging between an old and new story across oceans, generations, and races. I imagine you two know the high that comes when a pathway opens, when something I have felt or you have felt or seen or done has actually a history, a story bigger than mine or yours. When something is revealed, when the kaleidoscope turns and another piece falls into place, providing not so much a pattern as simply a glimpse of beauty. I feel this way when I know what gift to give someone, when I know what story to share, when any sort of knowing arrives. Turnaround. I just learned 
in this book is an aboriginal English word that was used to describe creation events and times before the term dream time was invented by settlers. I say in simple deep truth, I live for my dreams and I will invite one in the next days to help me come to a good crossroads and end for now to book five. It has been the dream that has inspired this blurt, these handwritten nonstop flow with words over the past months and years. It has been the dream at night along with the waking dream each day, not so much controlling the story as in the quote above, perhaps more riding it like a wave, never knowing quite where it would take me, yet trusting my faith in the path of the heart. So much still unknown, the future of three creeks, much less that of this planet. I surrender, listening for what turnaround is perhaps yet to come for me and our community.